2: Hello, I'm Brandon Perna, host of That's Good Sports, a 10-minute-ish daily NFL comedy podcast. Have you ever wished for a crappy version of the Daily Show, but only about the NFL? then first and foremost, I implore you to dream much bigger. Secondly, I would recommend subscribing to That's Good Sports. Every weekday, I will be giving you NFL news, telling questionable jokes, and swearing just enough so you won't ever be able to listen with your kids in the room or car. I don't ask for a lot, but if you don't subscribe on iTunes, my wife said she will leave me. Thanks, and I look forward to putting my voice
1: in your ear holes. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a RotoViz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Today I'm speaking with Bill Querbies, the owner of the third place team in the 2019 Football Guys Players Championship a contest that will award more than $2.3 million in prizes, including a $250,000 grand prize. Querby's has numerous FPC league titles to his name, including winning second place overall in the FPC regular season points championship. In this episode, he and I break down the value in both the Tampa and San Francisco backfields, where the fantasy points can be found in Indianapolis's passing attack minus T.Y. Hilton, and the new normal of Melvin Gordon returning to the Chargers in week 5. You can follow Querbys on Twitter at @bquerys1. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listener's only 30% discount to a RotoViz NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage rotoviz.com/podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the RotoViz content and tools and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here is 2019 Football Guys Players Championship third place team owner, Bill Querbies. Kicking off this last uh, episode of the high stakes lowdown for the month of September, as I believe, yeah, we will be into October next week, it is the third place team owner. And former runner-up, I believe, in the Football Guys Players Championship regular season points title from a few years back uh, in his pursuit for a $250,000 grand prize this year. It's Bill Querby's. Bill, thanks so much for uh, doing the show this week, man. Hey,
2: Eric. Uh, doing well. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to talking some football.
1: It's uh, it's always exciting. It's always fun to talk with uh, six much more successful players than I am. So I, I plan on picking your brain heavily tonight. You know, it's not often that we get to sort of break news. And we're not really breaking news, but we are going to have the... Um, Uh, opportunity to talk about something that just recently happened as we are recording here on Wednesday night. And that's that Melvin Gordon is ending his holdout. Now the, the news that we have is that he will not be playing week four in a fantasy dream matchup. Uh, against the Dolphins but maybe week five he will be ready to go in some capacity whether that's the bell cow, whether he's splitting with Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson that remains to be seen so let's talk about this a little bit Bill and this is directly going to affect you because the team that you're in third place overall in the FPC uh, has Austin Eckler on it I'm kind of curious as to a, uh, a two-part question here a, um, what, what do you expect from Melvin Gordon? When does he get back to being Melvin Gordon? Um, is it next week? Is it the week after? Is it later? Does it not happen um, because of the success of Austin Eckler? And then uh, B, what are you doing with Austin Eckler? Is he still going to be a flex play for you at least on this team? Or what do you advise fantasy owners to do going forward now that we're getting some more clarity on this Chargers backfield?
2: Yeah, this is a tricky one for me because I have a lot of Eckler. And as you mentioned on this kind of one, one uh, really good team I have, um, you know, I think, I think, you know, you, you got to think the first couple of weeks, they'll probably ease him back in, you know, he's probably been working out, but probably isn't in football shape at this point. So you got to think Eckler for, you know, at least we'll probably get the, you know, the better, um, you know, two thirds of the share or something like that when he first comes back. Um, but after that, you know, it's, um, you know, particularly as you get towards late in the season, where you're trying to pick up wins and then get into the championship round, it does scare you a little bit in terms of, um, you know, is he is he back to a 50-50 role? Is is Eckler kind of going kind of continue to get, you know, something like 60-40? Um, you know, so it'll be interesting. We'll kind of just have to play it by ear. And kind of is, see how it goes week to week, and you know, it pro- probably depends how he how he's doing in terms of uh, you know how he's how the team's thinking about him if he stayed on good terms and if you know they're they're um, or if they're kind of going to say all right we're just going to let this guy play you know pick up a few snaps here and there so it'll be interesting to see how they play.
1: It. Is is he the type of guy? I mean, like if you own Eckler, uh, obviously you're playing him this week because of the the dream match against Miami, but going forward, you know, let's say week five, and, and let's say that Melvin Gordon is indeed going to get let's say 10 touches, maybe between, let's say be between 10 and 12 touches. Does Austin Eckler, is he still on the flex radar for you at that point? Or is this the type of thing like, well, I know they're saying 10 to 12, but they love to have Melvin Gordon back. So I think it's going to be more, I'm probably going to set Eckler. How, how are you playing it? If, if that scenario presents itself?
2: Yeah, it kind of depends on the, on the team. I mean, I think, I think on this particular team, I went really wide receiver heavy. So, you know, he's kind of like, you know, my RB two. So you know, I'll probably continue to just roll him out there because I don't know that I have, you know, something that's clearly a better option at the second running back spot. But, you know, a couple other teams that I have on him that I got him, you know, maybe a little bit earlier in the drafting season later. And he's maybe like, you know, I have, th- I have three, you know, kind of good running backs. And that's something where, you know, if he starts really splitting time and it really cuts into his workload, then I'm kind of maybe looking to potentially swap in a wide receiver or something in the, in the um, you know, flex spots at that point.
1: Let's keep the conversation on your third-place football guys team and on your backfield specifically, and I want to talk to you about the 401 selection in this draft of Mark Ingram. Um, this is interesting to me because as I look at the draft board, there are a lot of hyped-up guys that went in the fourth round of this draft. Guys like Derrick Henry, Marlon Mack, Sony Michelle, David Montgomery, I think all enjoyed at least a significant period of, of being hyped up in the drafting season. You went with Mark Ingram. That looks like a great pick so far. Tell us a little bit about why Ingram stood out to you above those other four guys at that spot.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think with a couple of them, it was pretty easy kind of, you know, full PPR, like, you know, people like Derrick Henry and Marlon Mack probably aren't going to catch a ton of passes. So, so that was kind of, um, people that I weren't, wasn't particularly targeting at that spot. Um, you know, Sony Michelle, again, you know, there's just the Patriots backfields every year. There's so many guys and this year. It seemed like there was just like even more, you know, there's four people that could have been potentially involved. So he wasn't somebody I was really looking to take there either. And, um, know i think i you know i had been reading um you know football guys um stuff and particularly matt waldman and he was very high in mark ingram he had him as like a you know early to mid third round pick so i kind of liked him there and i kind of thought you know um you know with another year under his belt with lamar jackson kind of hopefully if he even became mildly competent of a passer and with his mobility that that would really help the run game as well so um he was kind of the pick for me there i mean i think i think with montgomery you know he was he was in one of those situations where, you know, I tried to avoid, you know, it's hard enough these days with so many, so many uh, running backs and kind of at least two way timeshares, but, you know, they still had, um, you know, Mike Davis, still had, you know, Cohen who was going to get a uh, the pass catching work so I was a little worried about exactly what his workload would be, particularly early in the season. And those tend to be guys where you know early in the season, if they start slow, that can really hurt your team. Um, you know, they, they may pop um, later on, but it might be too late for some of those teams. So, um, you know, that's kind of why why I went with Ingram there.
1: And, and and as as you look at Ingram, not only in this team, but and I don't know if you have him on any other teams, but assuming you do are you did you also draft or did you also pick up any handcuffs there i mean do you have any justice hill do you have any gus edwards backing up mark ingram in baltimore right now or is there not a whole lot of value if ingram were to go down for either one of those guys
2: yeah it's a little tricky because you kind of wonder what they would do there i mean i think um you know, I, I I do have Justice Hill more from a little bit earlier in the drafting season, but the hype on him got so high by the end that I, I kind of stopped taking him towards the you know second half of August or whatever. Um, I do have a couple uh, late round shares of Gus, Gus Edwards. I had him in some earlier kind of um, season best ball stuff, um, and you know I, I I do think you know that 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 running back spot's pretty valuable, and you know there could be some ugly. Ugly stat lines where he, you know, gets a few rushing yards but scores a couple touchdowns. So I think that's still, um, you know, somebody that I would either of those guys kind of keeping as a, um, you know, as a backup spot on your bench isn't wouldn't hurt.
1: I think the ultimate dream for a lot of FFPC players who who play in the tight end premium format, if they are not going to draft a, an elite tight end like one of the big three this year or even Evan Engram or, or anybody like that, the dream is to wait on it and then hit on one tight end and maybe get a decent number two but i gotta tell you in this draft as i look at your eighth and ninth round picks for tight ends for waiting on the position you had austin hooper and then darren waller who's been absolutely bananas so far why did fantasy owners and i guess you don't you can't really answer this honestly because you hopped on him in the eighth and ninth but why did fantasy owners let both of these guys slip given what we've seen from them Um, so far this year and what stood out to you as far as those two players to make them your selections where you did in this football guys league
2: yeah I mean I think for both of them kind of different reasons you know in the when I wait I you know people in the FFPC people have a very uh, strong stance on uh, tight ends and I mean I was seeing some of these drafts that people were doing like you know. tight ends in the first five or six rounds which was just like ludicrous to me um so i was kind of more of a load up on running back and wide receiver and then kind of wait a tight end and you know i felt i felt like austin hooper was like a good kind of um you know for guy that i could kind of count on that has been pretty reasonable in the past and maybe has been kind of improving and potentially had some upside and then darren waller when you saw like what what how um you know they used the tight end in oakland last year with jared cook you know It just felt like he was very athletic and had a ton of upside. And, you know, I I had been hopping up a few rounds on him in a couple of drafts um, just prior to that. And then here, it just felt felt like a, a great place to take him.
1: Yeah, 26 catches for Darren Waller on the season through three games on 29 targets. So not only is he catching the ball, he's being very efficient about it. Hasn't scored a touchdown yet, but you got to believe that that's going to come. It's going to be pretty difficult for him to be that involved in the offense and, and not find a way to get in the end zone. So I think big, 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 big time ahead for Darren Waller. Could be a potential league winner for these FFPC formats, too. You never know, given where people are getting them. They might be loaded at receiver and running back. And then you get Darren Waller, who could conceivably finishes like a top three top five tight end could be huge we will be paying attention to that throughout the 2019 season moving over to the west coast or i guess staying on the west coast since we're talking about uh, the raiders is there any value bill in in the 49ers backfield now now they're going to be on bye this week but in in week five tevin coleman could be back jeffrey wilson has been getting goal line uh, uh work and getting those, the the vultured touchdowns there raheem Mostert has been a factor in, in I don't want to say splitting the carries with Matt Breida, but it's been pretty close. As far as, you know, again, not week four because they're all on bye, but going forward, are, are any of these guys startable? I mean, they all have a certain amount of value to be rostered, but I don't know if any of these guys should be in fantasy lineups going forward.
2: Yeah, it's it's just kind of an absolute mess there, right? It's, it's hard enough when there's three guys involved, and now there could potentially be four guys involved. So, you know, I, I mean, I have you know, different shares of each of the guys you know I've, i picked up most in a couple of leagues and you know i had a bunch of shares of breda um and you know i'm, I'm kind of just gonna hold tight on these guys and you know <laughs> fortunately um or unfortunately for them um none of them can stay healthy right so you got to think there's going to be another point in the season where one or two of them go down and maybe you can get back to where there's just a two-way timeshare or one person maybe still standing and at that point they'll, they'll be um usable again
1: yeah and, and i think that's 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 underrated too you know i i, I listen to a lot of um uh, podcast where, you know, the, the, the air kind of goes out of the balloon a lot of times when you get this window of, of fantasy viability for these running backs, and the air goes out of the balloon when the starter comes back. Well, yes, the starter's coming back, but he's coming back off an injury. And just because he's healthy now, this is another great Melvin Gordon point, you know, just because he's reporting now, and just because he is, you know, slated to play week five for the Chargers – That doesn't guarantee him health all season. Uh, And that's the reason you don't part with guys like Justin Jackson or any of these Niners running backs because, or, you know, the chiefs running backs is is, uh, backfield is another great example that you, you got to find a way to keep guys like that on your roster because when they do run and when they do get that opportunity, they run very hot and and they make for great starts uh, in your lineup. No question. Uh, Let's let's talk about the Buccaneers backfield sort of attack it the same way. Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones, Dario Gunbowale, none of them are really worth starting right now. But with the buys, again, as I alluded to earlier, now we're hitting them and we're going to hit them now for the next couple of months. Would you be willing to drop any of those guys off your roster in a pinch? Are any of these guys worthy to keep on your roster? I think you brought it up with with the Niners. These guys are worth keeping around. With the Buccaneers, it's a little bit different given that they don't rely on the run near as much as the Niners do. Would you be willing to drop any of these guys?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think definitely, and you get to this kind of hard part of the season where, you know, you can't, you can't keep all these guys when you need to pick up, you know, an extra, um, you know, kind of fill in guy, um, you know, I think I would, I would probably def- definitely drop um, a couple of these guys pretty soon. But the, you know, the, I can't even pronounce his name, Agamawali, um I think I, would, I already dropped him in one league. Yeah. And, and um, you know, I think I think uh, you know it, it's been a little bit strange. Peyton Barber looked good week two. Ronald Jones kind of came on last week, so still trying to see how that kind of plays out longer. You know, I, I I saw a couple people make a quick drop on Ronald Jones, and you know, I, I'm, I fired in a few waiver claims for him this week just to kind of see what happens.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you on you know Barber and Jones. I think are still too involved. Oh, Bawale, I actually did drop in a league today. Um, I, I have to place a few more waivers yet tonight, but I plan on you know he's probably going to be one of my uh, drops uh, if you know I'm targeting. Like I'd rather I don't even like Wayne Gallman. I'd much rather have Wayne Gallman than Dario Gunbowale right now. You know what I mean? Just with the opportunity. For there. sure. I think, that, I think that goes without saying. Um, but yeah, I, I think that you have to look at the ceiling with these guys and and knowing what you're doing when you're dropping them, and certainly this with Tampa Bay running backs. Um, it's night and day between backup running backs in Kansas City and backup running backs in Tampa. All right, let's 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 get into this, uh, this, this trade that happened uh, this week. The Seahawks traded Nick Vanette uh, to the Steelers after Vance McDonald hurt, uh, got hurt. Um, and I should preface this by saying, it's something I didn't realize initially, but Xavier Grimble, who's the blocking tight end for the Steelers, actually also got hurt. And I, I see this Vanette trade and I just automatically assume, okay, well, this he's going to be the guy now for Pittsburgh with McDonald. But um, Tomlin said today he's actually hopeful that Monday night Vance McDonald is still out there. So I'm looking at, at, at this Steelers situation, and I don't know how many people are going to make the same mistake I almost did in waivers, but Vanette, there might not be much fantasy value here, and it might be still Vance McDonald running things as far as the tight end position goes in Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah, this is one where I'm kind of not that interested. I mean, I think I think it's going to take him some time to kind of learn a new system. And I mean, he's playing with a backup quarterback. It's not like he's going right into play a little bit of a different situation. I'm actually more excited to go in Seattle and kind of potentially getting more snaps. And um, you know, I think that's a that's a situation where he could be he could be decent.
1: Um, as long as we're talking about the Steelers, Bill, um, Dante Moncrief, I think we can agree is, his ship has sailed in Pittsburgh. Deontay Johnson, James Washington, if you only have one spot on your roster the rest of the season for one of those Steelers uh, receivers, which one do you like better? Which one are you rostering between those two as the number 2 receiver for Pittsburgh?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think unfortunately the choice with those two is neither for me, <laughs> you know.
1: You don't like I, I, either.
2: I, I can't see I can't see either of them being like a high impact player this season with you know, with the backup quarterback situation and um, you know, I think it's kind of like, you know, barely kind of keep Juju afloat and um I think if I had to pick, I'd probably take uh, Deontay Johnson, but it's tough
3: so before we move on i want to let you know about one of our sponsors here on the show this week it is harry's razors harry's uh, you know one thing uh, i don't know about you sean i'm not a big fan of shaving so i wanted a razor that's gonna be very comfortable so uh, that's what I, I like about harry's and of course the main thing i like about them is razors are just so expensive if you go to the supermarket so it's a real uh, boost so I, I always love having people involved in the show that have really quality products and we only want to advertise the best products and harry's is certainly one of them you can join the 10 million you who have tried harry's razors now you can claim your special offer by going to harrys.com forward slash blue wire why try harry's it's very simple harry's founders were two regular guys just like me and you sean tried tired of getting ripped off and overpaying for razors so i can really abide by that harry's make quality durable blades at a fair price just two dollars per blade if you don't love your shave let them know and they'll give you a full refund listeners to the show can get a tried set over at harry's which comes with a weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip there's five blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade for a close shave rich lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great and a travel lid cover to help keep your razor dry and easy on the go make sure you head on over to harry's now to get your trial set that is harrys.com forward slash blue wire once again that is harrys.com forward slash blue wire also one of our loyal sponsors here in the show has been my Bookie. i want to let you know about them and obviously at the end of a hard week i mentioned last week i didn't have much action on the nfl played a lot of dfs so it didn't have any bets on but i know this week there's a couple of games that i like the look of already it's early in the week but there's some action that will be taking place and it will be taking place for me at my Game running and touchdowns and two minute drives running backs racing down the sideline with no one to stop them there's nothing else like the nfl and there's no better way to do it than with my Bookie jump on over to mybookie.ig no one gives you more ways to win than they do mybookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than other sports books don't forget where you are betting is just as important as who you are betting with, and MyBookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play, and it's where you should too. We have been mentioning it throughout the off season and into the season. They will double your first deposit, and that is up to one thousand dollars. You can use the code rotoviz to activate that offer when you sign up for an account. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie, and don't forget to use the promo code RotoVis. Bet, win, get paid.
1: Do you um? Yeah, and I know like Wayne Gallman was was owned in many leagues. He he is uh, prior to this week, I should say. He is still available in some, and in those leagues, he is going to be a hot waiver wire ad. I actually just got um uh waivers processed in one of my uh, leagues uh, a couple hours ago, and I was actually surprised. I, I put in a, a meager bid uh in on him about um. I would say twelve percent of my cap from the start of the season. I didn't think I would get them, and I did. I was actually really surprised. Um, But I think people are going to go crazy a little bit on them, especially the Barkley owners, who you know, especially ones that are out to like a two and one or three and zero start that really need the production there and just need to stay afloat here until Barkley gets back for the for the fantasy playoffs. Um, How crazy are you willing? to get with uh bidding on wayne gallman if he is available in any of your leagues are are you a gallman believer is this a guy that you'd rather see him go to a different team
2: yeah i mean i'm a little lukewarm i mean he's he in terms of talent level he's just kind of a guy so i mean i don't he's you know he's he you know i think he's um not not coming into a great situation um and you know but at the same time i think when you look at these waiver wires right any starter kind of has some value right So I I think at a a minimum, I'm definitely placing some, um, you know, some some at least, you know, minimum bids, you know, 10, 10, 15 percent in, you know, any leagues where I see him available. And then, you know, in a couple of leagues where I have Saquon, I've kind of made maybe a little bit bigger of a bid um, in those cases. And, you know, he could he could potentially um, maybe keep you afloat and, um, you know, potentially fill in on some bye weeks, assuming that they don't they don't sign somebody else.
1: Hey, so this is interesting because in the I probably have Saquon Barkley in. Oh, maybe three leagues this year, maybe four. um and in and in all of those leagues, bill, I never handcuffed Wayne Gallman to him because he he violated one of the rules uh of of me uh, of the rules I have for handcuffs and that in the fact that I don't think he's very good <laughs> and yeah, I won't, yeah and exactly I, and, and and not only that, I don't think the Giants offense as a whole is really good. so I kind of looked at yeah. it. It's like, well, what's the point of rostering Wayne Gallman here? when when he has such limited ceiling and there's no there's no telling if barkley were to go down if he would even be the guy and so yeah. i i ignored him in, in all my leagues did you roster- i'm right there
2: with okay i'm right there my, with you that yeah. was my question i didn't
1: you, you didn't draft gallman in any league i didn't take you him in any barkley in. okay no
2: and for the not a single reason, one right? i mean there i mean there's just there was so many more higher upside backups that were you know available in the late rounds right there's no reason to be taking somebody like that right yeah no i didn't either
1: I just – and I think you're right. You know, it's just – I said to myself, too, when I was doing the draft, I'm like, okay, well, am I going to be ticked if Barkley were to go down for the season or, or for several weeks and, and Gallman, I miss out on him? And I was like, no, I'm not going to be upset. You know, and and I'll, I'll, I'll get him for cheap. Like, you kind of had the same approach. I'll get him for cheap, and I'll be like, okay, he's a starting running back, whatever, but I'm certainly not breaking the bank for him uh, at all. Moving on to Indianapolis. It's not looking great for T.Y. Hilton right now. This is a guy who – Came into last week's game a little banged up, re-aggravated an injury, tried to play through it for a few plays, and then had to go out, miss the rest of the game. Now, if he does indeed miss the game against uh, the Raiders in Indianapolis this week, are you willing to start any other Colts receivers into your lineups knowing that Hilton is not going to be out there gobbling up targets from Jacoby Brissett?
2: Yeah, I don't know. Um, again, this is another situation where I don't know that. Uh, I mean, Brissett's been pretty, pretty decent, but I don't, I don't know that I'm dying to start anybody besides T.Y. Hilton. Other than maybe Marlon Mack, you know, I think um, he's somebody where you know, I actually thought as soon as Luck was out, I'm like, oh boy, that just totally craters his value. But he's, he's actually been okay. They've been actually able to run the ball, and I think at home against Oakland, he's probably if I was looking to start anybody on
1: on Indy, it would be him. Um, let's talk about, uh, uh, Carolina, it's insane. You know, I know that the, the season's underway and injuries and personnel changes, um, uh, happen every single year, but I don't know, for whatever reason, it just seems this year that I don't think there's been more injuries. It just seems like the injuries that have happened have affected teams as a whole more, you know, whether it be one of the quarterbacks or Barkley or anybody like that going down. Um, but let's look at Carolina because Cam Newton, now we're finding out that, this Liz Frank thing could sign line for quite a while. And Kyle yep. Allen looked really good last week. Granted, it was a pretty good matchup. Um, and we know Christian McCaffrey is going to be started no matter what. I mean, you or I could be quarterback for Carolina and people are still going to be starting Christian McCaffrey in their lineups. What other Panthers do you believe in while Kyle Allen is, is the quarterback for Carolina, if any,
2: I mean, he, he actually, you know, I saw him a little bit last week and he looked pretty good. And I mean, you know, I think you know. Um, you know, Greg Olson's a savvy veteran. He's still getting open and still making plays. Um, you know, so he he actually has looked good. Come seem to have come back healthy this year. But I mean, I think DJ Moore is the guy, right? He's he's just such an emerging star. And um, you know, I think if if I had to trust one person, who continues to get the looks and produces, it would be him.
1: Do you have? How did you? Just curiously, how did you fall in on the whole DJ Moore versus Curtis Samuel? Debate in, in drafting season. I mean, they weren't. They started off so far apart um, in in where they were going, and I think as the as drafting season came closer and closer uh, to to the start of week one, they got closer and closer in ADP. Moore was dropping, Samuel was rising. So then it wasn't necessarily a question of what value do you like more. It became a question of which player do you like more. How did you treat Curtis Samuel in your drafts? Do you have any shares of him? What what's your belief system on him now going forward?
2: Yeah, I mean, he he was a, he was one of those guys where he, he was just climbing and climbing and climbing. And by the time I got to the second half of August, I was looking at and there, were, there were he was going just other guys I liked in those rounds better that I would, that I tend to be taking. Um, you know, I, I have a couple uh, shares of him where where I where I think he kind of fell to a more reasonable range. But I mean, in my opinion, kind of late in the summer, I thought DJ Moore was the better value just because he seemed to be sliding down and and um, you know. Given his talent, I just felt like he was—he tended to be a better pick late in the drafting season than I thought um, Samuel was.
1: I, I was definitely um, all aboard the DJ Moore train from the get-go, and I actually started questioning myself. You know, it's one thing to be strong in your convictions, but a lot of times. When it seems like the, the entire fan, or the you know a large, at least a minimum of a large plurality of the fantasy community is on a, on board, a guy, I tend to step back and and kind of reevaluate. Okay, well, why did I why did I like DJ more? Am, am I wrong? Do I need to adjust? You know, and I don't think I really backed off of it too much, and I feel pretty good that I didn't. I do wish I would have gotten Samuel in a couple of more spots. Um, but it is what it is. I'm, I'm glad I definitely have more and more uh, than, uh, than Curtis Samuel going forward. So we know that you're not going to attack Wayne Gallman uh, on the waiver wire in the leagues. He's still available this week, Bill. Is there another player that you really, really want uh, that's high on your shopping list here this week? Or is this kind of a week where nobody's really standing out to you when you place your waivers?
2: Yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't looking across my at least the leagues I was in, which are all mostly FFPC leagues. You know, I didn't, I didn't see a ton of guys that I really had to have. But the one guy, rather than kind of throwing a ton of money at Wayne Gallman, that I kept, I, 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 did see in a few spots that I put put some of my bids on was Daryl Williams. And I think, um, you know, when you know you kind of look at you know these guys from the waivers, you're kind of looking for guys like, okay, you know, some. You know, maybe they're not coming into immediately the ideal situation, but like if a couple of things break right, these could kind of be season winners or guys that could have massive impact. And I think, you know, let's let's, let's put it this way. Wait, McCoy's already kind of banged up. Left the game late last week. Williams has been injured. Still isn't practicing this week. You know, the field is, you know, that's that's clearly, you know, uh, you know, a league winning, uh, you know, type of situation if if things crack right. So, you know, with a couple of these other guys broken down, I mean, he he I think had like six targets last week. Um, you know, six catches, six targets. Um, you know, so so he was heavily involved. So yeah, he's he's certainly somebody that um I'd be very happy to add on a few teams this
1: week. Um, I let me ask you this because this is something that I faced. Um, I was actually I was going out to meet a few friends for to watch the Packers game here in Northeast Wisconsin, and I was getting I was all set and I thought my all my lineups are all good and boom I get the update on my phone from I think it was Adam Teicher the the, the Chiefs ESPN reporter said that. Well, if you go by pregame warm-ups, it looks like Daryl Williams is starting, followed by Darwin Thompson and then LaShawn McCoy. And I had roughly 40 minutes to kind of figure what I was going to do with my Thompson teams, my McCoy teams. And I actually ended up having a couple of Williams teams. I, I didn't realize I picked them up in a couple leagues, but I did. When when something like that happens for you, and we'll, I guess we'll just use that as an example how did you handle it? Did you have any shares of, of any of those Chiefs running backs, and did it affect your starting lineups as um, you know we got closer and closer to kickoff, where you're kind of reevaluating and rethinking what you were doing?
2: Yeah, it was it was actually kind of funny. I actually kind of got a little lucky on this one because I, I did have Damien Williams in a couple of leagues. Now it just happened that um, you know one of the leagues I had driven – rex burkhead in the late rounds and then another league i picked him up like the first week on waivers and so when the james white news happened i said oh sweet this is like my lucky day so i just swapped rex burkhead in in two situations for damian williams and ended up going that route rather than kind of rolling the dice on whether mccoy was fully healthy or going with Darrell williams so i actually got bailed out by rex burkhead it was kind of it was actually kind of good because rex burkhead actually made up for all the teams that he took me on last year so so it was actually quite good
1: I like it. I like it quite a bit. I actually um, I, I I had that situation, too, where it's weird because I have James White in, I think, three spots, but I didn't have Burkhead on any of them, so I had to roll a different way. But I did actually play Burkhead in one other league um, that <clears throat> I got a fa- – I can't remember what – somebody got hurt, and I, I didn't really have a good solution and um, then missed out on the waiver wear, and, and I was kind of like, well, I'm going to be starting garbage as my second running back. And then when that white news came out, I was pretty happy to see. As I I was also bailed out by Rex Burkhead uh, last week in one of my leagues. I think I got destroyed anyway, so it didn't matter. But that's neither here nor there, Bill. Nobody cares about my fantasy. <laughs> Let's move on. You've been very gracious with your time here tonight. Let's talk about week three, uh, or excuse me, week four coming up here. A player that you think a lot of players are actually going to be starting in the FPC and the FFPC that you think would actually probably be better off on their benches. <clears throat> and then conversely, other side of the coin, one player... That most people will sit this week that you actually think should probably be in their starting lineup
2: yeah I mean I think that this this sit actually kind of pains me because I love this guy um in terms of his talent his route running and it's Stefan Diggs and you know when you look at um you know how he's been doing the first three weeks I mean two targets week one um he's just not um you know I it pains me to do it, but there's a couple spots where, um, you know, I have him where I have, you know, drafted a lot of, um, you know, uh, depth at, at wide receiver and a couple cases have other running backs. So I was actually curious on a couple of leagues where I have digs. I was going to kind of get your opinion on a couple potential um, alternatives for him and see what you would do.
1: Oh, yeah. Fire away. This is always fun. I, I love doing this. Yeah. Go ahead. So, so you have,
2: yeah. It's, so
1: are they all, are they all, um, wide receivers or do you have some flex in here too that we can
2: talk yeah about? they're they're in flexes so the first one is i have Diggs, but i could i could play burkhead uh, mccoy or sutton
1: over him okay so burkhead mccoy or sutton this is interesting um well initially i'll tell you this right now i'm, I'm leaning towards uh, Diggs uh, over all those guys i know I, I like you said it's not the greatest of matchups um i like him better than burkhead um sutton is interesting because we're finding out that Jalen Ramsey is, uh, you know, it's like the, it's the excuse of the day. At first he was sick, then he had a bad back or or whatever it was. And now it's his, his son or his wife is giving birth. So I don't know what it's going to be tomorrow, but he couldn't miss. Um, So uh, I'm still leaning digs over Sutton. Who was the other guy you said besides Burkhead? It,
2: it was, it was McCoy with Damian Williams, still not practicing.
1: Oh yeah. Um, boy, I, I think I'm, Ah, uh, that's, that's the closest one for me. I'm probably, They're gonna, tough. I'm, I'm probably going to lean, uh, I guess I would go McCoy there, but man, that's close. But the, to me, those are, those are the two. I like all, both those guys a lot better than Burkhead and uh, Sutton yep. this week, but I, I yep. guess I would lean McCoy right now. The only way I guess I would play Diggs is if Williams does practice tomorrow or Friday and it's looking like he's going to play, then it's obviously, um, digs, but I think right now I go McCoy.
2: Sure. Yeah, so that was that was one of the one of the options, and then the other one
1: I have um,
2: the, the the other two options are either Calvin Ridley or, or MVS.
1: Calvin Ridley, I believe, is at home. Yeah, he's at home against uh, the Titans. You know, I I'm a Packers guy, um, and and I don't uh, I, I I love the pa- I love following him this year. It's great. Valdez Scantling to me is still just sort of a a dart throw at this point. Like unless he catches that deep ball. Um, it's so difficult for him to have value, and this is after he, actually after he had ten targets last week too. He, this is a get right game for the Packers offense, I think, against a, a sort of a beat up and underperforming Eagles secondary going tomorrow mm-hmm. night. Um, I'm actually going to roll with I think my favorite one out of that receiving trio is actually Calvin Ridley at home against the Titans. Yep. I, I think that's the way I would lean there. Um, I think I like I like him significantly better than, than MVS, and and I think that's the smart play over over Diggs.
2: Yep. Cool. Thanks for your, thanks for your, uh, wow, I, advice.
1: I hope it's right. You now we have this documented on, on, uh, on the radio of, of these picks. So I hope I end up looking smart, which has never really happened to me before. Um, <laughs> is, is there, is there a player that that's a sleeper this week for you? Uh, a player that, um, that I don't know, not necessarily that you're playing, but that, um, you know, maybe somebody has Le'Veon Bell, maybe they have, you know, um, George Kittle or somebody like that who's on by and they got to flip somebody in there. Is there somebody that you can recommend to them?
2: Yeah, I, the, the the one I was gonna say is, you know, given the, uh, you know, we, we mentioned this briefly earlier, given the Cam Newton news, you know, I had to, I had to pick up a couple quarterbacks um, this week, and you know, I actually grew up in New York, has been been a Giants fan forever, and I think I, you know, would take Danny Dimes right off the waiver wire and drop him right into my lineup, and feeling pretty good, you know, playing against Washington this week in terms of that matchup.
1: I will actually second that. I did not. I was telling everybody and their mother, there is no reason to pick up Daniel Jones this week. They're absolutely, Unless you play in like a two-quarterback league where all the quarterbacks are owned, just give it a week. Well, now if you gave it a week, you probably missed out because I actually like him quite a bit this week as a starter. Yeah. Too. I mean, like maybe you had Garoppolo or, or whatever with, like you said, all the quarterback injuries. I think Daniel Jones is a fine start this week. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but this is where we are here. Not, It's not even October, and I'm already praising Jamie <laughs> Jones. I never thought that would happen at all. Um, it, good stuff tonight, Bill. I, I really appreciate you joining me. Good luck, not only in the uh, Football Guys League. Hopefully you can take down that 250 grand this year. Good luck in all your leagues this year, and, and always good talking fantasy football with you. I will talk to you again real soon, and enjoy week four, dude. Thanks for doing the show.
2: Sounds great. Thanks a lot, Eric. Have a good one.